Hello ladies and welcome to the Amazing Bible Dot Book Club. I'm Julie Callio, your host, and thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Yesterday we looked at the introduction of Proverbs, verses 1 through 7. Some Bibles have verse 7 with verses 1 through 6, and others have it with 8 and the following verses. Some have it all by itself. So let's re-say verse 7, which is a key verse of Proverbs. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Like the Psalms, Hebrew wisdom literature usually has two lines of the proverb. This is called parallelism. In verse 7, this parallelism is called antithetical. This is when the second line expresses the opposite of what the first line. Because Proverbs does a lot of comparing the wise with the fool, we will see this type of parallelism quite a bit. Because Proverbs is mainly bits of wisdom, In one of my books, it says there are 917 Proverbs in the book of Proverbs. There is no way that I can cover all 917. So my lessons this week will be divisions of the Proverb chapters, and then I'll pick a few things to point out in each of the sections. In C. Hassel Bullock's book, An Introduction to the Old Testament Poetic Books, he writes, Yet the proverb is not the kind of form that one can assimilate in large quantities at once. W.A.L. Elmsley has absolutely called it compressed experience. And in this kind of literature, overindulgence has its peculiar consequences. One needs time for gaining insight into some Proverbs. This is found on page 172 on his book, as well as Bullock says that this book represents common sense approach to life and faith. So as you read through the Proverbs, find one that jumps out at you and write it on a card and put it on your mirror or in your billfold and ponder and maybe even memorize it. In today's lesson, Proverbs chapter 1 verse 8 through chapter 9, I will highlight a few technical ways of understanding Proverbs and then I'll touch on some verses that have spoken to me throughout the years. In verse 8 of chapter 1, we see that Solomon is writing these Proverbs for his son, and he instructs him to listen to his father and his mother. One thing Dr. Betts pointed out in the Old Testament class is that these instructions should be taught at home. Also keep in mind the introduction, verses 1 through 7, that even if you have never been taught this wisdom at home as a child, it is never too late to learn. These Proverbs are also for all who want to seek wisdom. Verses 8 through 19 of chapter 1, Solomon is warning his son to stay away from people who will entice him to sin. Then in contrast, we see what wisdom looks like, and this is found in verses 20 through 33. In Proverbs, wisdom is personified. It's a writing technique, and She's personified as a woman. 
And in verse 22, she cries out, How long, O naive ones, will you love being simple-minded? This is the second time so far that we've seen the word naive. The first was in verse 4. In Old Testament class, Dr. Betts said, quote, Proverbs helps us look at the world realistically. Ignorance is not bliss. There is no excuse for being naive. Jesus said, Be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. That's found in Matthew chapter 10, verse 16. Our society is lazy. Just tell me what to know instead of thinking for ourselves. We don't engage God's word, but God's word shows us what is right and wrong, wise and foolish. End of quote. Just this week, I said, ignorance is bliss, but there are things I really don't want to know because I can't do much about it. And sometimes, if I know, I would have to do something about it, and I don't want to. Sometimes, things are not my responsibility, so I don't need to know them. But one of the things we will find in the Proverbs with wisdom is we learn, as Dr. Vicker said, it is knowing the right thing to do and not to do and doing it or not in any given situation. The wise person is able to address every situation and do it, which means you may be doing different things in different times, like run, like do I run away or do I stay? Another proverb I like is chapter 1, verse 23b. Behold, I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Number one, we see that the spirit of God is in the Old Testament too. Number two, even though this is wisdom speaking, we can look at this verse and see it as a promise of God and not just a general truth because we see it in the New Testament as well. For instance, in John chapter 14, verses 16 through 31, and especially verse 26, Jesus says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. Here, Jesus says it's a promise. And so we can take the proverb 123b as a promise as well. In chapter one, wisdom shows the difference between those who seek her and those who don't. Chapter 2, Solomon tells his son that if he pursues wisdom, then, verse 5, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. Again, we see clearly that wisdom and God are connected and there are benefits in pursuing her. And then verse 6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. So again, we see knowledge, to know stuff, understanding how it works, and wisdom is that knowing and the understanding, and then how to apply that knowledge and understanding to our lives. Chapter 3 begins like chapter 2, my son, and then we see more benefits of wisdom. Dr. Betts says that verses 5 and 6 are key verses in Proverbs, and I know firsthand of the wisdom in these verses. They say, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. 
In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. When our youngest son Matthew had his first seizure, a group of women was driving me to the Chicago hospital. These verses came over and over and over again in my mind. The Lord brought these verses to mind and reminded me to trust him, to lean not on my understanding, not on the ways of the world, and to acknowledge him in every aspect of this journey, and he shall direct my path. When the Lord brought it to mind for me, it is his way of showing me that he is with me and this is what I am to do. Wisdom was speaking to me. We also see in chapter 3, verses 13 through 15, that the book of Proverbs is not a name it and claim it type of prosperous religion. It shows that wisdom is better than silver and gold and more precious than jewels. Nothing compares to her. Then in verses 27 through 35 of chapter 3, it shows that wisdom affects our dealings with people, and we'll see that all throughout Proverbs. In chapter 4, we see, Hear, O sons, now it's plural. One verse that I have marked throughout the years, especially as a young person, was verse 23. Watch over your heart with diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. One version says, guard your heart. In one of my Bibles, I wrote, don't fall in love too easily. Now that I'm older and married, I think there is more to it than just falling in love with someone. It goes with being naive and trusting people that should not be trusted. In the New Testament, in the Gospel of John, chapter 2, verses 24 and 25, it says, But Jesus did not commit himself unto them, because he knew all men, and needed not that any should testify of man, that he knew what was in man. What is in man? What is in all people? All people have a sinful nature. And it says, Jesus did not entrust himself to people, but we know that he fully entrusted himself to the Lord. We need to be careful who we trust and who do we open our hearts to. Why? Because from our heart flows the spring of life. In chapters 5, 6, and 7, we are back to son, singular. Chapter 5 deals with the dangers of an adulteress and sexual immorality, as well as the second half of chapter 6 and all of chapter 7. At the end of chapter 7, in verse 24, Solomon writes, Now therefore, my sons, plural, listen to me about the harlot. Now in the first half of chapter 6, that deals with how a wise person deals with others. Then there are some groupings. Verses 6 through 8, we are to observe ants and how they live. Verses 9 through 11, we are to consider the sluggard or the lazy person. Verses 12 through 15, they describe a worthless, wicked person. They walk with a false mouth, wink with the eyes, signal with the feet, and point with the fingers, and they spread strife. And this makes me think of politicians. I don't know about you. Then verses 16 through 19 are worth taking a close look at. It tells us six things which the Lord hates, yes, seven which are an abomination to him. 
This parallelism is called synthetic. It means that the second line adds to the first line. It does it numerically, such as not just six things, but there are seven things that the Lord hates. But it also does it with emphasis. For instance, the first line, the Lord hates it. And the second line, it's an abomination to him. So let's take a look at these seven things. Haughty eyes, lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, hearts that devise wicked plans, feet that run rapidly to evil, a false witness who utters lies, and one who spreads strife among brothers. And most of the time when strife is spread, it is done through our mouth. So in these seven things, three of these regard the mouth. According to Dr. Vickers, more proverbs have to do with speech than any other single thing. Chapters 8 and 9 do not have a reference to sons, but to all men. And within this case, it seems safe to say all people. And Solomon reflects and praises wisdom. And again, she is personified as a woman. In chapter 8, verse 13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverted mouth I hate. Again, with the mouth. In both of these chapters, it references those who seek wisdom and compares those to people who do not. Those who seek wisdom find her. Chapter 8, verse 17. And the one who finds her finds life. Chapter 8, verse 35. And obtains the Lord's favor. Verse 36 is a comparison. But he who sins against me, against wisdom, injures himself. All those who hate me love death. Wow. Chapter 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and, the second line builds on it, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The Apostle John knew the power of knowledge. He wrote both in his gospel, but especially here in 1 John, his letter, chapter 5, verse 13. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know, that you may have knowledge, that you have eternal life, not death. In verse 18, 19, and 20, he has the word to know. He wants us to know. Then verse 20 says, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Then John says, little children, guard yourselves from idols. In other words, guard your heart. Does that sound familiar? In the New Testament, we see that Jesus is wisdom in the flesh, and in Jesus is life, just like in wisdom there is life. So ladies, what are you searching for today? Are you seeking wisdom or not? 
today, if you hear his voice, the voice of Jesus, or her voice, the voice of wisdom, don't be like the fool or like the harlot. Instead, let's be women who seek and find and fear the Lord. Let's be women of wisdom. Until next time, and thank you so much for listening.